0: Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick coming at you for another version of the All Sports Talk show from 10 till noon this morning. I'm joined in studio by my man, Mike Gandolfo. How you doing this morning, Mike? Man, I am doing fantastic.
1: fantastic. How are you doing?
0: Doing great. I appreciate you joining me in studio this
1: morning. Oh man, I mean, this is going to be great. So the, for people who don't know, this is our new show. This is the format. We are We are getting rid of the Saturday show. I'm taking, I'm leaving Saturdays, and uh, you and I are going to kind of come in for a, a power two hours in the morning to kind of get your, get it going. We're going to, it's a perfect timing with, uh, you know, a week away from football season, so we're going to be able to break down all the college football action from the day before, and uh, we'll be able to talk a little NFL. We're going to, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. I mean, this, this show, I'm so excited about what this show is going to become, and uh, to be able to do it with my good buddy, Kelly Patrick, this is, this is just going to be a ton of fun. Today is
0: our second week consecutively of not having Ashley Miller in studio. For those of you who look forward to Ashley's Loco Cinco at 11
1: o'clock, she will be back next week. I'm so, looking forward to working with her. I have not met her before, so you've not, I'm you've,
0: You're yet to meet Ashley Miller.
1: No, nope, I have wow. not met her, yeah. So another basketball person, which would be good.
0: Yeah, we'll have a nice, uh, nice balance of everything on the Sunday show. It really is an all-star lineup for the Sunday show, 10 till noon, two hours of... Just an opportunity to review the
1: Saturday football games. I mean, it really is a great setup. It's, it's going to be perfect. I it mean, is. It's really going to be perfect. And you know, like I said, we'll be able to come in Sunday morning, talk about the uh, the UK game from the night before, and we'll be able to preview whatever day of the week U plays on. You know, whether it's Monday or Friday or Thursday. Now that Petrino's back, I guess you're going to be playing like every day except for Saturdays. All right.
0: Yeah, which I'm okay with if that's if that's the strategy. I'm cool with it. All right, they're going to be kicking ass. And looking good with the high-scoring, prolific offense of Louisville football. That is the brand that they've bought into. When you take Petrino back,
1: yeah, they, I mean that. Could, I can't even imagine what Teddy Bridgewater would have looked like last year with Petrino as the as. I mean, he would have been if they got along. Well, <laughs> even then, they would have got along. They would have Teddy, been Teddy. Teddy's
0: Teddy's a great. The guy.
1: way that both both those guys think offense. Yeah, you know, I think they would have just had some really in-depth conversations, and would have been a match made in heaven. Oh, and. Uh, he would have been the lockdown Heisman Trophy winner, no question, no doubt about it. I don't, I don't over Jameis Winston. Oh yeah, I mean, I, the numbers he would have put up. I mean, yeah. he was stifled. I feel like last year. Do you agree with that?
0: Oh yeah, the style of play was certainly not conducive to putting up big numbers.
1: So, so now you know, and you can lose a quality quarterback, a once in a generation type quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater, and loyal fans, it does. it's a blip on the radar. It doesn't even, like, phase the fact that they're going to lose this unbelievable quarterback because they got the quarterback maker coming in, the guy who can turn Will Gardner into an NFL prospect. That is the game plan. Yeah, I
0: mean... Not a, not quite as easy of a path to doing that as the last time
1: Bobby was in town. But Ryan Mallett did fine in the SEC. I think it's, uh, you know, it is and it isn't. I mean, I, trust me, I mean, at Clemson... Clemson and going to Clemson, especially, that's a really tough game. And Florida State's obviously coming off defending national championship. Uh, besides that, though, I mean, I think they got a very—it's—it's it's a definitely a step up, but it's a good step up for them. You know, I think it's going to allow them to focus, so where they don't have those those games like they did against Temple last year, they can't afford to have those kind of games. So they're going to be a little more focused in. But it's not like it's really not guys that they should lose to. I mean, they're they're not going to lose to a Virginia and stuff like that. If they were in the other division, I'd be a little bit more worried. But uh, I think in this, in the division they're in, you know, you have two hard games, and then you've got other games that are going to kind of be formidable, but not, but ones you would expect to win. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm always a little nervous going into the football season. I'm not quite as optimistic as, as the majority of Cardinals fans are. I think the first five games are very winnable.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you get off to the the Miami game is so key. The it mi- is the key. Miami game. The Miami game is is. So so key because if they get off to that that great start against Miami and look good, they should be they should go undefeated, no problem until they hit Clemson. Is that if I'm I don't have the schedule in front of me, but if I remember correctly, that's kind of what it looks like. If
0: they can beat Miami, yeah.
1: If they can beat Miami, it goes Miami,
0: Murray State, Virginia, Florida International, Wake Forest, at Syracuse. Yeah. So, so you're saying the first, yeah, the first five games are very winnable
1: if they can get past Miami. Right, and and they should. I mean, Miami's. A little beat up right now. They're they're still kind of reeling up. a little bit. They're coming, yeah. And that could be another thing. I mean, uh, you're saying the first six games actually, so they could start out six and zero. I mean, I if they beat Miami, I would expect for them. But to a start game 6-0. like
0: at Syracuse, even you know, I don't know a ton about Syracuse. That just but that's still always, always
1: been bad for UFL. fans, yeah, right. <laughs> at Syracuse,
0: that's it. <sighs> that doesn't make me feel good. Even at Florida International, I mean, just being honest. If I'm trying to be a homer and and what? be a Louisville guy, yeah,
1: it's six and zero, oh, hell, ten and two, going off those uh, but, previous but, bad experiences against those teams, I think you know that's it's, it's easy to it.
0: spout off whatever you want to at the beginning of the season. Everybody's undefeated. Kentucky's going to go eight and four. Now, yeah,
1: I'm I'm really excited by the way, and I'm I'm going to throw this out there. Between the two, UK and U Kentucky's going to have a better running back core than U of L is. Wow. And I tell you what, I who Ray Sanders? They still
0: have Ray <laughs> no, Sanders. He's gone. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, they got the the herd kid who's in uh, who transferred in from Nebraska, who supposedly is just uh, been a freaking load, like well, one of the best running backs they've. Louisville had. doesn't have any bums. They've no, got they Michael got Dyer, Dyer, Dominic no, Brown. Brown. Yeah, they got I good mean, guys. But same, I think the same thing with Kentucky's top five guys, they don't have any bums either, and they're going to be able to take a freshman and who's was the number one all-purpose. Uh, like kind of scat back in the in the uh, in high school football last year, Boom Williams, he's not going to play a lot of running back, but he's going to be returning kicks. To me, that's always been the dangerous thing for Kentucky. They've Playmaker. always had to put well, they've always had to put someone back there returning kicks that they need on the offensive side of the ball, and that's a dangerous scenario. Every single time Randall Cobb went back there to return a kick, I was freaking out because I mean you got it, it, there's just too much of a chance that something bad happens there, and they had to put Sanders back there, and they had you know it's. They've always had to put those guys back there that it, they need on offense. So now you can take a freshman like Boom Williams, who's got explosive speed. Craig East. Yeah. Well, Craig East, though, they did need him. They needed him as receiver, too. I mean, it, all those guys. i it's, it's I'm nice trying to, to think have, of other examples, Abney. It's nice to have a guy back there that, you know, if you don't want him to get hurt, but he can take some hits and not show it, I guess, when he's taking handoffs from the quarterback. Um but Josh Clemens is a guy who's back for UK. That's he's, right. Who's, he got hurt early, didn't he? Yeah, and he is – I mean, I, I remember when I first saw him as a freshman, and he's had two rough years. If he stays healthy this year, I think he's a beast. And then JoJo Kemp. I mean, JoJo Kemp last year showed flashes that I think that he can be a good back, and from all reports, he's a lot, lot better. And uh, I just feel like they're, they are set up uh, – to be really good. The other two running backs they got in their stable is a kid who graduated high school early and, and enrolled in U.K. in January, so it was there in the spring, and then they have a redshirt freshman. And so both of those guys supposedly have, have been looking really good too. So the depth there, I'm really excited about. It doesn't fit the air, air raid because the type of running backs they have are really more between the tackle kind of guys. But and, and you know what? If they do the air raid, they do the air raid. I'm sure the passing game will be off that, but for Kentucky, how important it is to be able to... to Hand the ball off between the tackles, pick up four yards, control the clock, keep the ball in their hands so the other team can't score. I mean, if they can do that and kind of mix it in with some air raid, short game, short passing, uh, they can be very successful. Of course, what do you mean by very?
0: What do you mean by very successful? Over the first two weeks, controlling the line of scrimmage and running the ball between the tackles against UT Martin and versus Ohio has to happen. Honestly, has to happen. I, right. I would anticipate that it will. But then you go at Florida, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, ULM. Well, I mean LSU. The, the I Vanderbilt mean, that, that, game,
1: it, the Vanderbilt game to me is really the one that you got to look at for Kentucky. I mean that's the first Van- SEC victory in two years, right? And and Vanderbilt's kind of you know lost James Franklin. They got a good coach in there with the, I think it's Stanford's defensive coordinator or uh, with somebody off Stanford's staff. I know and um, that Vanderbilt game. Could be a huge momentum shift because I, what I think the way I want to see it is I want to I want Kentucky to go two and zero in those first two. I want them to go down the swamp and I want them to be competitive. I, I think that you know you, if they can't get blown out down in Florida, that's if they got blown out, they need to show they need to show promise there. But they don't need to necessarily get a win. Although, if that game was in Lexington and no one kind of in which direction Florida's going, I mean that would be. Put on major upset alert uh, and then they need to be able to they have a bye week if I'm not mistaken after that Florida game yep, and if they can kind of use that week to get ready for Vanderbilt and come out with a really strong performance against Vanderbilt uh, and, and then you're three and one I mean that's it's pretty good I mean starting off compared to where you've been oh yeah and uh you if, know, if,
0: if that's how it starts. And yeah. then what? And, and getting that monkey off their back with the
1: first SEC victory in over two years, yeah. And has, then has
0: it been two years or two, an, yeah. two and a half
1: years? a half? Two years. years.
0: Well, it's, I mean, when was the last SEC victory?
1: Joker didn't win one his last year, and Stoops didn't win one his first year. So it's been a while. So then you got then then you go into a, a schedule where you know Mississippi State's not probable, but it's not impossible. You know, especially that being a home game. Uh, Tennessee is not probable, but it's not impossible. Um, you know, you're setting yourself up. I, I still think four wins is kind of the thing, but I I am going to be so careful with this Kentucky team not to judge them on wins and losses because I don't think that's fair. But to judge them on, do they finish games? Do they not quit? Do they show like they're building some depth? Do they do they look like they're competing at a higher level? And because uh, they can do all those things and still not win games, I mean that's that's the fact. How many quarterbacks do you think Kentucky will play this year? Two. Tolls and Reese Phillips. Barker's Richard I think they came out and said that this week. Uh so and that's smart. I think it's it's super smart to let him kind of get in there and get used to the speed of everything, kind of see what's gonna happen. Um and and you know, obviously if those two guys got hurt, then they would have to potentially look at putting the taking the redshirt off Drew Barker. But Max Smith is basically there, holding a clipboard and being a coach, and uh, so that's Reese Phillips is more than capable, uh, and I think he's he was right there in the discussion, even though most people weren't really talking about him.
0: So, so four wins is is what you're hoping for.
1: Four wins is what I'm, I'd love
0: five. UT Martin, Ohio, Vanderbilt, and ULM. Yep, University of uh, Louisiana at Monroe, and I'm not you know, and possibly even Louisville. Well, you never know. Being realistic, I mean, rivalry games go both ways. And I'm a, I'm a Louisville guy, but I, there's still uncertainty going into the football season. 502 384 1450. If you're a Cards fan or if you're a Kentucky fan, what are your feelings headed into
1: football season? Yeah, we want to hear you. I mean, so call in that Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz line 384 1450. Join the show. We want to have a lot of good conversation. I tell you what, I made a visit out to Oxmoor Ford on Friday picked myself up a nice ford fusion hybrid so did you uh, yeah Uh, i'm really excited about they made it super easy i encourage everybody to to go you know we always want you to to handle to uh to use our sponsors but oxmoor ford made it easy i actually ended up on a monthly basis i'm paying less for a brand new ford fusion hybrid than i would if i bought a a used eighteen thousand dollar accord wow so i'm pumped you know 40 something miles per gallon so it, and it looks good out there. So I'm I'm real happy. Go out there and see my man, Dan, and uh, they'll take care of you. I
0: don't have my car. I have a Mazda. It's not from Oxmoor Ford. But when I went in to have my car serviced, I needed some work done. The people where I bought my car from were not very friendly. At Oxmoor? So, uh, where? W- oh. The Mazda dealership. Okay. I'll just say it. <laughs> okay. Call them out in Oxmoor. Oh. So I went over to Oxmoor Ford, and they were extremely friendly, helped me out. Yeah. Very friendly service staff over at Oxmoor Ford. Right next to the Oxmoor Mall,
1: and then we're gonna we're gonna be out there this Friday coming up. Me, uh, a former UK punter, Anthony Thornton, and Mike Polio are gonna be out there Friday at four o'clock. We're gonna be doing. We're gonna break down the college football season. Uh, it'll be the day after the first couple Thursday games, and right before the whole slew Saturday. And then next Saturday, I will be in South Bend, Indiana, to cheer on my Irish. And I am so excited to, to get. I, I just made a big Under Armour order to you know so I can be decked out in all my Notre Dame Under Armour stuff. The first Notre Dame Under Armour game, and I'm just uh, – I'm, I'm really pumped. What about Under Armour? Man, going after Durant. I mean, throwing – Not just kind of going after him. I don't – Is I, that more than any apparel deal has ever been? That's – I mean, the, the largest one I've ever heard of him because he's basically going to be making more than what his salary is from the, from the Thunder. And if you're Durant and you don't have to – and you are the man, you're not, you know, going to – Durant is Durant always going to be second fiddle to Nike to LeBron, and even third still to Jordan. Is he kind of like the Carl Malone of our era? And Durant is to me—I mean, he's the star. I mean, I I love Durant. What, what do you mean by that? I love Durant's game. I love the way he carries himself. Humility. I, I love the way he peeks his head into U of L's lo- women's team's locker room after the Final Four, and I mean the way he just—he seems to really embrace he's his, not- his celebrity, but not. Abuse the celebrity, and he's still – I mean, he is a stud. I mean, a seven-foot guy that can play the way he does, it is uh, – it's unbelievable. I mean, and Under Armour will make him the absolute star of the show. And he's not very old. No. He did one and done at Texas. How old is Kevin Durant? Oh, I mean, he can't be that old at all. I mean, I, I, he's uh, hes younger than, than uh, LeBron, is he not? So I mean, He's
0: 25 years old. Yeah. LeBron's 28. Not, yeah, He's 25. 20- Durant is 25 years old. Maybe I should hold back on grouping him in with Carl Malone, and he still has plenty of chance to maybe
1: be uh, along the lines of Tim Duncan. Uh, absolutely. I mean, this guy, and he's so skilled. I mean, he is so skilled. Uh, I just, uh, I, to me, if I was starting a team right now in the NBA, that's who I'd start my team with. Really? Mm hmm. Wow. I mean, is he undoubtedly the at least the second best player in the league? Sure, maybe the best. I mean, May- would you put Kobe? O- overall, I'd have to say that
0: LeBron's better, but but I mean, I can't argue with that. He he seems to be
1: a great very humble guy. If his point guard was more like him, I think they'd have a much better chance of winning. Yeah, right.
0: I mean, that's a real contrasting style between Westbrook
1: and Durant. Yeah, and they need to do something there. I mean, I I I don't understand how Westbrook's still in Oklahoma City.
0: The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. We really do appreciate Brandon's partnership with us. Currently has his show every Wednesday from 6 till 8 p.m. out of bounds. Brandon Lawrence, Carlo Kellum, they they take a look at different sporting news stories and they take a different perspective on it than other stories that you hear here locally. So great stuff, Brandon J Lawrence. Every Wednesday from six till eight PM, we're talking a little bit about Under Armour. Mike, you're very familiar with Under Armour.
1: I got my Under Armour swag on right now, so yeah. I'm. Uh, I mean, they've been great to us. They've been great to the Derby Classic. Uh, just really big deal. They got they had their big uh, big basketball game this weekend with U of Donovan Mitchell playing in it uh, in the in the Elite Twenty Four. Yeah, and, tell uh, us about that. Well, I, I got to tune in for a little bit. I usually go, and I was not
0: able to go. How significant is it to Louisville? Because I'm kind of a, a recruiting guy to the extent of how's it going to help Louisville next year? Obviously not this
1: year. Well, I'm
0: thinking- I, I, don't, I don't like to look too far ahead because then we get Rodney Purvis
1: and you know things like that <laughs> with Louisville. You don't have to worry about that, I think, with Donovan Mitchell. I think he's a very grounded kid. Um, I think uh, Patino has really kind of figured out from the intangible side of what kind of kid he wants.
0: He has. He's really hit his stride in a way with targeting Ding Adele is a good example of that,
1: right? Yes, exactly. And just uh, so the, this is going to be a good fit for them. He's going to be able, if Terry leaves, which I think most people feel like he probably will, um, you know, filling that role that Terry left. And, you know, you hear me talk about Terry all the time as far as he gives you what the team needs. Well, Donovan Mitchell can do the same thing. If he needs to distribute and and be a jump shooter or take it to the rack. He can do all that all that stuff. So he's a great fit for them. Um, and one, you know, the thing that's impressed me is Rick's been able to get on these guys early, and Ray Spaulding and Donovan Mitchell especially have both risen through the rankings, like you know, forty fifty spots uh, because of the way they've played this summer. I mean, I saw Donovan Mitchell put up forty five points in a game this summer. And then I also saw him be more of a distributor and and help his team win that way. So. He's a he's a he's a real real deal, you know. Couple
0: other storylines that we could get to today, if we wanted to. Michael Sam actually sacks Johnny Manziel and then gets up and kind of mocks him. So two of the bigger name rookies out there. Everybody has an opinion on Johnny Manziel, um, and everyone has an opinion on Michael Sam. So we could get to that. But when I'm looking at ESPN.com right now, have you seen this, Mike? What I, have I not. What I see on the right is the top stories across
1: ESPN.com. I'm going to guess. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it P. Rose? Nope. Oh. No, that that we could go there. We got to go there. We're both yeah. big
0: Reds guys. Unfortunately, they're not doing too great right now. No,
1: we came on this show and we talked about how they were right there in it and then they We cursed them. one in 7 this week. God. Oh my god. That's a uh, that's tough to recover from. Oh, yeah, they're done. But the
0: headline I see on my right is and we all are familiar with them, but former NFL quarterback Jared Lorenzen loves football, but he also loves food. J-Lo. And it's a problem. So they did a story on Jared Lorenzen and his weight problems. The hefty lefty. The Pillsbury throw boy. Titled Inside Jared Lorenzen's Lifelong Weight Battle. My favorite nickname for Jared Lorenzen. Not Rod Smart. Not he hate me. But he ate me. (laughs) There you go. So we'll get to either of those storylines, possibly even get to Mike talking about the new commissioner and Pete Rose. Will Pete Rose end up in the Hall of Fame? Great all-star lineup of Mike Gandolfo and myself, Kelly Patrick, now lined up along with Ashley Miller every Sunday from 10 till noon. We're going to head to a break, and we will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the weekend sports buzz. I am Kelly Patrick, alongside Mike Gandolfo, for our All Star lineup every Sunday from ten till noon. Also, Ashley Miller will be back with us
1: next week. I'm down to know how your uh, how your fantasy draft went last weekend, how your auction went. It went good. Yeah, it's a real tough thing to evaluate.
0: I'll bring it up here and
1: tell you about it if you want to know. I definitely want to know because uh, you know the the funny thing. Is so I get, you know I get this new car. This new Ford Fusion from our friends at Oxmoor Ford. Again, the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, And you, you get serious radio for six months. I've never had serious radio, radio before. And, you know, so it it opens my world up to a whole lot of uh, more sports uh, talk shows. And there's one channel that's all it's geared towards is fantasy football. So I've been kind of, you know, checking it out. and That's cool. Yeah.
0: Easy to get burnt out on in my eyes. I am a busy guy as you are. Yes. I have a lot of different stuff going on. Sometimes I I put too much on my plate. You have women all throughout the city? (laughs) (laughs) Happily married. One woman. Um, But aside from that, I have other... No, no. No, No, one woman. Happily married. I've got a couple kids. Um, But I'm always doing... you know I'm doing a music podcast with my man Chris
1: Birdwell. I didn't even know about that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's not all music, but it's just a podcast where we get to get on there on livesportscaster.com and talk about... Different things. You'll have to join us one
1: day, Mike. I'm not. You know, I'm I'm somewhat of a music buff, but it's not like I'm like really really big into it. I don't like going to concerts. That's okay. I'm like I'm probably like the only person I've ever met that doesn't like going to concerts. That's
0: okay. You I know? can see that when when you have a lot on your plate and you're a busy guy, it's like. And I, you, I'm not gonna, saying that you'll agree with this, but it's almost like playing golf. Well, I mean, it's I'm just tons of time. Yeah, I'm. I don't play a whole lot of golf, so I, I don't either. So. I don't either. Nothing against golf, but. I mean, how much time does that take?
1: It, I mean, it takes four or five hours. I mean, also, also a good uh, reason for me to get outside and walk nine holes and smoke a cigar, but that's about it. So.
0: Doing something like a podcast, to me, feels kind of like, or, or this radio show, feels kind of like a release as far as, almost like art.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what I told Dugan this week, is like, you know, this is two hours for me to kind of escape from, Normal life and just kind of come and talk sports with some of my favorite sports fans in this area, and you know that's why your phone calls are so important to us. We want to hear from you. So, yeah. So,
0: so to me, golf or going to concerts. I do like going to a concert, but it's been a while since I have. My wife got me tickets to go see the Black Keys. Yeah, the Yum Center, September tenth.
1: So that'll be cool. I'm not going to tell you the last concert I went to. So go ahead and tell us. Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> with 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 your kids? <laughs> with my little girl. Well, yeah, I took my took my son begrudgingly. He did not want to go to the Taylor Swift concert and he My son
0: actually likes Taylor
1: Swift. Yeah. He's 5. And uh we had a a buddy of mine's tickets who has very good Yum Center tickets and uh so we were very close and uh he he literally fell asleep during her f- final act and I think she saw him just sleeping there with like confetti and stuff all over him. She puts on a great show. Uh so uh but it was and it was a lot of fun. My daughter uh, is a huge huge Taylor Swift fan and really likes to likes her music. So but yeah, that was the last concert I went to was the was a was a Taylor Swift show with the family. You in there? I am. Right. We actually
0: have a call, once again Oxmoor Ford Lincoln bus line is 502-384-1450. We're talking about concerts, but the Mike went to the Taylor Swift concert. We got a text from our man uh from Matt. He says I hate concerts. Why pay $100 a ticket to listen to an artist sound worse than if you buy the edited
1: CD? <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that, too, as well. You know, So who's, who's our caller there? Our caller
0: is none other than our man, Carolina Steve. How you doing this morning, Carolina?
1: I think Carolina You're likes and I'm dance. mad, so
2: mad, Steve's coming out of my ear. Uh-oh. Channel 11 last night did not televise my favorite race they televised Italo- <laughs> some meaningless exhibition game between that team down in Nashville and the uh, Atlanta Falcons. A
1: terrible and team in Nashville.
2: They, I had to I had to wait till today and check, or, or wake up this morning at one o'clock and check Facebook to see who won the race.
1: Was that Joey Logano won last night? Is that did I see that?
2: It's just. Uh, it was not only here, there were like 34 different stations that were supposed to carry it. They didn't. I wish they'd left it on NBC. Did that, but, but now, let's get to some things y'all talked about. All right. Number one, Louisville will lose four to five games in football this year.
1: Well, who are they going to lose to you?
2: They go, of course, you know they're, they're going to lose to Florida State and they, they got to go down to Clemson and see if they got, they're going to lose at Notre Dame. But there's teams that people don't realize up here, and I've been watching the ACC ever since I, I can remember. As a matter of fact, there's a picture of me when I'm two years old at the Wake Forest Clemson football game. So, uh, I've been going there. I have a feeling that number one, Virginia could whack them, and number two, NC State because NC State has a quarterback who transferred from Florida He's supposed to be one of the best dual threat quarterbacks
0: when he came out of high school. I'm right there with you, Carolina. A lot of Louisville fans. I'm a Louisville fan. A lot of Louisville fans are predicting something like nine and three or ten and two, and I I don't know. At Syracuse concerns me. We were talking about it. Out. Oh. I know it sounds ridiculous, but even something like, you know, at, at Florida International has given us watch, trouble in the past.
2: I love to watch the ACC teams play. I've seen I've seen all of them play in person. Unfortunately, they don't have to go up to uh, Blacksburg, Virginia, and play in Lane Stadium against the Hokies. But I noticed where uh, Coach Beaver is going to start a – Transfer from Texas Tech on his team this year, so they're going to be they're going to be a little bit better than they were last year at everything. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Now next weekend, I'll be calling y'all from North Carolina because I am going down. I have some business to take care of, but on Saturday night, I'm going down and see my favorite college team in the state of North Carolina play.
1: Well, I who's that? East, East, Carolina East, Pirates. East Carolina Pirates.
2: Yeah, and I'm out there to see a receiver that I would match against that wide receiver from uh, Louisville. They have we have a guy named James Hardy. He just happened to be a walk-on, and in the last two seasons, he's caught over 200 passes.
1: I've heard about that he kid. Caught
2: 116 last year and 86 the year before.
1: Yeah, I've heard about that kid, and I know he's uh, very help. You know, very well thought of, and uh, especially as a, as a potential NFL prospect. So, that's it. I always love those stories.
2: And also, I I was reading that they had the ten most exciting entrances in college football. Would you believe the ACC had the top two?
1: Clemson and who else?
2: Clemson and Virginia Tech. There you go. South Carolina was in there, and East Carolina was number eight, running through the uh, the, the skull with the purple smoke coming out the top.
1: There you go. And that that brings up another point. If Clemson, if Virginia Tech, and South Carolina, South Carolina would have stayed in the Metro, the Metro would have had a pretty good football league. Thank you very much for the <laughs> call, Carolina. Yeah. I guess. Florida State, you know, it would have been all right. The Metro should have stayed together. Let's let's yeah. yeah. Well, let's bring back the Metro conference. What do you think? I'm okay with the ACC. Are you sure? I'm positive. Other than the fact that Louisville's record would be all right. Now, I love Carolina Steve and I love his energy and I love his, you know, his stories and all that stuff. Do you think he listens to a word we say or does he just get on and just starts talking? <laughs> you could say he has his own agenda. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure. So, we didn't even mention Devontae Parker with a foot injury. That's significant. What's the But they're not. They don't think he's going to be out of any significant time. Did, did I read that correctly? That's or, what
0: it sounds like. The yeah. the verdict is. I know
1: he went to. At first, I got it. Multiple texts. Devontae Parker out for season. Broke his foot. Well, they got him. They were. They shipped him off uh, to go see a, a specialist um, really quick, and I think uh, yeah, you know he'll be he'll be okay. So. That sure guy's a so. crazy athlete. I mean, you know, and a lot of people don't realize how good of a basketball player he is. I mean, he was... How good of a basketball player is he? He was at Ballard. He was the 7th region player of the year um, when he was at Ballard, and he is... Could he, he contribute for a team like... He would be a great walk-on for L, especially um, you know, in the position where they could put him as like a 3 or maybe a, a, a guy that can go in and play a little 4 and go up and get rebounds and stuff like that. I mean, he's a he is he is a, a, a good good. Now it'd, it'd be dumb for him to play basketball because he's obviously going to make a lot of money next year. But um, I hate I, I really hope that this does not turn into a big thing because I always go back and think about Michael Bush coming back and then breaking his leg. Yeah, you know, and I just hope that that's not the case. Louisville's had really bad luck with guys who have decided to come back with whether it's Bush. Brom didn't get hurt, but he, you know, just plummeted. Had a bad season. And then you have, you know, hopefully the same thing's not going to happen with Devontae Parker. No question about it. The Cards
0: fan base is really holding their breath right now to get some official word on Devontae Parker's foot injury. we got college football coming up. We've got NFL right around the corner. Which one's your favorite out of those two? Depends on, on how my how the Cardinals are doing. I'm a Cardinal football fan.
1: Is it, but you only like Cardinal football? I mean, I, mean, I get into okay. watching. O- overall, I would say NFL is my answer. See, to me, it's like not even close the other way.
0: Okay, that's cool. I that, love, if it, we were both the same thing, then that would,
1: you know, it I'm, wouldn't be as exciting. I, I mean, it, and it's, it seems to me like they have a pretty good track record of putting a, a really good game on the Saturday evening primetime game on ABC. Mm-hmm. And where it's not usually a blowout, I mean, but those games I, I could watch and I and whoever it is, but the drama that it has created, I think, in college football is as good as anything and the things that happen. I just, I don't know, for some reason the NFL to me is, and, and, all, and really the NBA also, it's, it's too much of kind of just going through the motions. You know, there's just not the the energy and the passion that you get out of the college sports. It's not really there.
0: Carolina referenced a list of the top. What was it? The top entrances to a game? Yes. That's something that is unique to something like college football. Absolutely. The NFL you won't hear a list like that. Right. There's all you know, all sorts of what is it? Virginia Tech has that weird tradition of a fan being involved. Is that Virginia Tech? I don't know if that's Virginia Tech or not. I, I don't know. But you got know. all I'm not sorts of-, of
1: Virginia Tech's entrance. I know Clemson's we can run down the hill and touching the rock and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: Notre Dame's got all sorts of tradition. You're a Notre Dame, I'm so excited football fan. I'm
1: ready. How do you feel about it? I'm looking at their schedule. You know, it's hard to say because their defense is going to their defense has got a lot of question marks. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I'm not as confident as Carolina is that Notre Dame's going to beat Louisville. Uh, You know, I feel like a Notre Dame with a with a weakened defense going up against a you know an offensive genius that Petrino is uh, could be a long day for Notre Dame. Uh, But you know, it's there are question marks on both sides. You don't really know what those teams are going to look like there.
0: Certainly, question marks on both sides.
1: But Everett Golston coming back, I'm really you know I got high hopes for their offense um, and that they're going to be able to move the ball and look a lot better on offense. It's going to be a different Notre Dame team. I I think that they're uh, they've always got a pretty tough schedule. Um, You know, hopefully they can go an eight and four. It's kind of what I think they probably end up doing. Maybe nine and three. But that's that's where I think they're going to end up standing out.
0: What other? I mean, who's going to win the national championship this year?
1: So really, it's the first year of the playoff. Alabama? Yeah, absolutely. We got the playoff, and we got now Ohio State basically just got eliminated from the playoff, which is fantastic news for me because anyone who listens to my show on Saturday knows that they are nowhere close to my favorite football team. Uh, I'm not. In, I do not like Ohio State. You don't, you don't like Urban Meyer? Uh, I don't like Ohio State. I like Urban Meyer. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, the, you just don't like Ohio. I State. probably like it's probably the exact same reason why a lot of people don't like Kentucky basketball fans is why I don't like Ohio State fo- football fans, especially. So, um, I think uh, the it's it's really interesting to me when the polls have come out and Ohio State obviously still had Braxton Miller at that point, and the first five teams were all from five different conferences. So this this whole playoff system is opening up an interesting can of worms to me because if we have five conference champions from all the five major conferences and they're all kind of undefeated or one loss, uh, would you would, I would expect that we're going to have maybe one, maybe two teams that are undefeated and then we're going to have a, a slew of teams with one loss. Is that what you would anticipate? Yeah. Uh, let's see what Alabama's
0: rec- or schedule is like. We're gonna get it. It'll be. You're right though. I mean, Florida State could easily drop
1: a game or two. We're gonna have. We're gonna have like this immediate outcry for eight, te- eight games or eight teams right away, and because then you probably also have like a some mid major Boise State somebody run the table there too, and they're gonna take a ten or an eleven and one power conference team over that twelve and zero team, and uh, it's eventually gonna go to eight. And I think that this year is going to make a strong case of why it needs to go to eight. And uh, eight's the perfect number to me. Anything outside of eight is too much. I, don't th- I think you have your five conference champions. You have three at-larges. Um, if you have uh, That way, if you have a mid-major who goes undefeated, you can put them in one of those at-large spots. And I think they should get an automatic one of those at-large spots. And then you can- we can play it out. You know?
0: We'll see how this plays out.
1: You asked me what
0: I prefer, NFL or college football. My answer was the NFL. Right. Um, NFL the, foo- the,
1: playoff football is awesome for me. Yeah,
0: so. the implementation of this playoff system really could sway my answer. We'll see how it plays out in the future. I'm just telling you what my my feeling is right now. I like the storylines. I like Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. I like you know different all the different storylines that the NFL presents.
1: But this playoff system, it's going to change everything, right? It really is. I mean. Because at some point you are going to have to, you know, you have got a committee who's going to look at your strength of schedule, see if you, you know, if you've, if you you got two teams that are ten and one or eleven and one going into this thing, and one team's played a lot harder schedule, they're going to get the they're going to get the nod. You, you I think you are going to get better early season matchups because one loss doesn't necessarily kill you. One loss doesn't destroy you. Two losses I mean, might be another uh, case, but we'll probably see two lost teams in here at some point. You know, and we definitely would if there was eight teams. But generally, there's only – you can generally whittle it down to, what, would you say three or four teams that deserve a chance at the national title from the regular season? But then you kind of want to – you want to loosen it up a little bit so they don't feel like they have to go undefeated, don't you? Don't you think? Yeah, it depends on how the season plays out.
0: If we have Alabama and Florida State both undefeated and then we've got – you know, a bunch of teams that have two losses. And, and there's no way of really predicting what's going to happen. No. Now I'm not saying, you know, anything negative about Florida State. Jameis Winston gets injured, What then how's that change the landscape? You know what else
1: is interesting? The polls don't mean anything this year. The polls mean absolutely nothing. Doesn't matter if it's the coaches' poll or the writer's poll or the computer's or whatever. The only thing that matters is those, those people that are sitting in that selection committee and making – a judgment on who's the best team? Any of these teams in the top twenty-five?
0: LSU sitting at thirteen in both polls. They go undefeated. Clearly, they're the favorites, right? I mean, there's there's a lot. Notre Dame is at
1: seventeen in both polls. Yeah, it's that, amazing to me how similar both these polls are. I mean, they you don't usually see that. I and mean, of course, Ohio State will drop pretty significantly, I think, fairly fast. But again, Florida State with the ACC, Alabama, SEC, Oregon with the Pac-12, Oklahoma, and the big, uh, let's just call it the, the SWAC. We'll go back and call it the SWAC. I mean, Ohio State is the, uh, as, the, uh, as the Big Ten champion, which you know, now, Ohio State being that way, Michigan State could easily take that spot, uh, especially with the way they looked. I mean, their defense was phenomenal last year. Um, they lost some talent, I think, to the draft. Yeah, but you know what else I didn't even realize? Week two, we have an We have a Michigan State-Oregon matchup. How awesome is that? That is going to be just incredible. I mean, that that kind of matchup is what we want to see. Is what you as a college want to see. I mean, I'll tune into that, no doubt about it. You know, this show format every Sunday really will give
0: us the opportunity to do a little bit of reflection on each Saturday's games and then looking forward. It's a week away.
1: It's not tomorrow, but it's a fall. I mean, this is... Right upon us, and we'll be able to hopefully pull in some great guests. And we'll be able to talk about the shows uh, or the games that matter here locally, and and uh, you know we'll we'll have it'll be a great time. So, but we're really late for a break. We are. So let's uh, let's go ahead and take our break right here, and then uh, we'll be right back for the last segment of the uh, of the hour. And uh, you're listening to Mike and Kelly on the Brandon J Lawrence saying, Weekend Sports, sports Buzz. This going out to all my
3: homeboys on the streets and all the brothers locked down It's been a long time since I hit you with freestyle High-tech selection from the vaults of the Heights files Kick back, relax, and watch as I melt wax Don't ever let a brother like me ride a dope track Cause once I hit it with a vote
0: Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz I am Kelly Patrick Joined alongside by my man, Mike Gandolfo This morning I was going to have... Ice T bring us back in, but at the last moment, reading over the lyrics, I didn't think that was a good idea. <laughs> well,
1: I can understand that. <laughs> so no intro music for our return from the break this time. We're just gonna go hop right into it, man. We got we got short time, we got seven minutes to talk about how abysmal the drop of the Cincinnati Reds has been. It's
0: it's alarming. Nine and a half games out of the division lead, seven games out of the wildcard. They play at one o'clock today. Alfredo Simon, or as I like to call him, Big Pasta,
1: who's been pitching great, but no one wants to score runs for him, and so he hasn't had you know. Well, the Reds' record since the All Star break is just abysmal, and uh,
0: they're going against Aaron Harang, former Red, former Red for the Braves. He's
1: ten and seven. He's having a hell of a year. So when the Reds played the Yankees in the first game out of the All Star break, they were fifty one and forty four, and now the Reds' record is sitting at. 62 and 68, so so quick math there. 11 and 24 since the All Star break. Horrible. And and now we you know we still we sat in here last week said the Reds have a chance to uh, make some noise. You know, three games out of the wild card wasn't unthinkable. And then they go on. I mean, the first couple games of this uh, of this of this losing streak, they were losing on the last at bat, and then they just they just went dead. I mean, it's, it's, and then they, uh, lose on Friday night in 12 innings, and it's just, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to be a Reds fan. <laughs> so, Mike know,
0: Mike Leake with a nice outing last night got great, the win. Great
1: outing. But still, they only scored one run. You know, they, they can't score runs. Their offense is bad, and it has been bad for years, right? Yeah, to a point, of course. You know, and I have J. Bruce Hurts, and they just did get Brandon Fields back about a week ago, and, um, uh, Jay Bruce has got to start uh, contribute more on a consistent level, but you know you you look at that at lineup. You got Votto, obviously, can put up good numbers. Phillips, who can put up good numbers. Zach Cozart, who's not going to put up good offensive numbers, but he's going to give you the best defensive shortstop is in the in the National League. Frazier, who should be able to put up good numbers. Whether it's Devin Mesoraco or Brian Pena behind the plate, both those guys are capable of putting up good numbers. Skip Schumacher's not a bad utility yeah, you guy to plug in. Bench. He's got a nice on-base percentage. You got Billy Hamilton in center, who is the only breath of fresh air the Reds have right now, and he's obviously going to continue to put up. I would hope big numbers. And Jay Bruce who should be putting up big numbers. Left field's really the only spot you got that you got to get more production out of. And uh, the problem is, is that they all they they can't seem to get all those guys going at the same time. That's what's always been so impressive to me about those St. Louis Cardinal teams is that all those bats kind of seemed to me like they all had the same plan and they were all going in the same direction and all of them could give you a timely hit when they needed to. So, you know, I I don't like the St. Louis Cardinals obviously being a Reds fan, but I'm sure as hell envious of them. I mean, I just, that's, that, that's what I want the Reds to look like. And, uh, it's just it was it was an abysmal week. I, I'm to the point now where I'm tuning in every once in a while, but I'm not really. I'm almost. I'm almost giving up. Is that wrong to say?
0: No. Over the course of 162 games, in a, you know, long season, that is what fans do. Your team sucks. You're out of it. Ask a. A Cubs fan, what
1: they're doing this time each year. Well, now Cubs fans just get up there and they just drink. I mean, they don't really – are Cubs fans baseball fans?
0: There are some that are.
1: Certainly. I definitely think that's obviously the case. But most of them, it's about the party, right? Yeah, for the most part. There's yeah. 14 games out right now. I always go back to the Cubs as an example of why Steve Crackthorpe was so important. The street Crackthorpe, Steve Crackthorpe was so important for this area because – Please expand on that. Okay. Because you're not going to get, I mean. We only got three minutes. On this I'm, not, I'm not buying. The Cubs, if you look at the Cubs model, what incentive do the Cubs really to have to put a lot of money in their payroll and all that stuff? They, they usually have very good attendance and all that other stuff because it's about the party. It's about the atmosphere. It's about going to Wrigley. It's, it's not really about the baseball. People still show up. And that was what was happening at UK football for a long time. No matter how bad Kentucky football was, the fans were still showing up. So, what incentive did Kentucky really have to put more money into their put more money into their coaching staff that they're now doing with Stoops? And the only reason that happened is because the fans stopped showing up. And the only reason the fans at Kentucky stopped showing up is because they saw it work at Louisville when the fans stopped showing up for Crackthorpe. Okay, that makes sense. And so it's a business. Whether or not you know, you want to look at it that way, if the football program is making you as much money as it possibly can, then why improve the you know why improve the product unless it, if it's not if it's not going to give you the return that it you know now they have to put that money into the program. the The assistant coaches' uh, uh, prices or uh, salaries have gone way up. They're putting all this money in the facilities, and now you know they're starting to gain back some of that season ticket traffic. And if they put a good pride on there, it's going to pay off. It's going to pay dividends, and it will pay more dividends probably just from the standpoint you got to think that if your football team is good, that your donations go up to the school.
0: And you get that feeling when we're talking about the differentiation between professional and college you get that feeling that you are actually a part of the program for college much more than you do professional.
1: Absolutely, you're never going to hear me yell at someone for saying we as a fan on on because if there is no fan, then there is no sports on TV. There is no people buying jerseys. No one's making twenty million dollars a year. The fans are just as much a part of it as the people who run the day to day operation.
0: So if the Cubs fans stop showing up and getting drunk in the middle of August when there's seventeen games out or whatever it is. Would that change? Because they are putting money into their team. Right. They're the guys who gave Alfonso Soriano all the money he could ever dream of.
1: Exactly. I mean, that's the only voice the fan has. It's so so, wh- so they don't show up, and then what happens? Well, they're, mean, they're putting money into it. They just suck. Yeah, and that, that, They have Theo Epstein now, don't they? They do have Theo Epstein. Now the Cubs would have to make a decision to upgrade their roster and put some money into I it. I think in time the Cubs will pull a Red Sox and that they'll actually come back and they'll do something. I don't know. We'll see. I mean that—that that is my least favorite baseball franchise, more so than the Cardinals. But the Red Sox? No, the Cubs. So just okay. So you just don't like the the Reds division Listen, rivals. Absolutely. This, this
0: unity between Mike Gandolfo and Kelly Patrick will work perfectly fine on Sundays because <laughs> we're both
1: lifelong Reds fans. Absolutely. Well, yeah. now I'm not lifelong. I yeah. used to be an Atlanta Braves fan when Dale Murphy was there. Okay. And they were terrible. So, uh, but you know. Uh, in the late 80s is kind of when I and Dale Murphy's career was kind of winding down That's kind of when I switched over So And it makes it really easy now with the bats You know obviously you get to watch the people here in Louisville And they go up to Cincinnati But yep. we are uh, It's uh, huge We it, up against the end of the hour
0: We are right there I'm bringing up our outro music here As I so much like to do I've been given credit to my morning jacket Who despite being a hit sensation all across the world doesn't really get
1: much credit here in the the city that they're from. No, especially the St. X guy. Uh, so, I mean, he was, he was at St. X, uh, I think, you maybe a year or two years after I was. So, he's he was a sophomore when I was a senior. Not the lead singer.
0: I think he went to Atherton
1: or something. Well, one of those guys was from... I- one of them. Yeah.
0: So, they should get a lot more credit. That's why I'm using today as a platform. Other than ice Tea and his profanity, um, I'm using today to... Give credit to My Morning Jacket. This is a pretty slow tune here that gets among My Morning Jacket fans. They really like it. So we're going to head to a break. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Mike Gandolfo. Brought in by Jim James in my morning jacket covering
1: Rocket Man. There he is. St. Xavier High School, class of 1996. Not known as being the, the most outgoing guy in high school. Not
0: really a, a big party animal or something. Not someone you would peg as being one of the future but that biggest the way, rock
1: stars in the world. Isn't that the way most of these guys usually are in high school? Probably, yeah. You know. They they're so creative that they're seen as weird. So you know, and and they and really that's how most of genius happens. I mean most most uh geniuses are always considered weird until they're able to really kinda get whatever they their genius is about and they can get it out to the world and it kinda takes off and you know, you always hear those stories about so and so was told they were never gonna make it or that they were crazy or whatever else and they they go out there and do, they do it. Not saying that about Jim James. I I, I barely remember the guy. So, uh, but know. he did graduate a year behind you at Saint X? A Year behind me at Saint X. Yeah. So yep. he's an old he's an old man. Yeah, like thirty thirty five, <laughs> something like that. No, right? I'm th- well, I'm going to be thirty eight, so he's thirty six, thirty seven. So wow. Yeah.
0: That that is. Thanks but,
1: thanks, Kelly. Go ahead. Go ahead. But
0: I saw them at, like ten years ago, so they've been around for a while. They've been yeah, eleven years. I saw them in two thousand three, I think, at Bonnaroo. Okay.
1: So I mean they, they and they've been around since the late 90s. How would you classify their following? Is it similar to like a almost to like a fish?
0: Probably many fish fans also follow my morning jacket. Yes. Okay. I would say they're maybe like a Again, I'm a, very much influenced by someone like Bob Dylan or Neil Young. Kind of along the lines maybe a Pearl Jam, but they're eclectic. I mean one of the things one of the they cover a lot. Yes. They're almost like a, a a bar band that does a lot of covers, but they have—I mean, I don't mean to paint them saying that they're a cover band. Uh, what is it, e- Erica Boud- Badu? Erica Badu, yeah. She has that song Tyrone,
1: and uh, they, they famously you cover call Tyrone. Yeah, so they
0: famously cover that, and now they they've went out and performed together.
1: Um, that's a crazy, crazy. So, woman so right that's
0: they very eclectic uh, band, but I would say not far off from Fish, yeah, okay. or the Grateful Dead. Right. I mean, it's all influenced. You can trace it back, right? Fish is clearly influenced by, I guess, the Grateful Dead, right? I would think so. Yeah, I mean, so they're along the same lines of yeah. those type of of um, hippies, I guess, or modern day. I guess, you know. but but they're very eclectic. They do a lot of covers. I think great music, Pearl Jam, something along those lines. Five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. If you have any comments or you want to correct me on my comparisons of my morning jacket. And Jim James, what bands would you compare My Morning Jacket to?
1: And I guess that they're truly, you know, you don't. There's no one to really compare them to if they if they're kind of blazing a new. Trail yeah, or whatever, that's what so. they're trying
0: to do, which is really yeah. cool.
1: So, hey, fourteen fifty WXVW is going to be the home of Indiana football this year. Yep. So we're going to have uh, the 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 coaches show Wednesday. Is that right? Yep. So uh, Indiana last year, I feel like last year we were talking about Indiana football a lot because they. It seemed like they were had this huge momentum going. They were coming off this Kevin Wilson's offense just really taking shape, and and uh, and and they didn't quite meet expectations that they thought they were going to have last year.
0: I'd say that's a safe
1: statement. Uh, they got eighteen. They have eighteen starters returning, and there's not a whole lot of discussion about them. And I'm looking at their schedule, and it's it's really competitive. I mean, I think they. You know, I was on the bandwagon for Indiana last year. I thought they had they had a good chance of having a really good season. Uh, you know, possibly even getting to that seven eight win mark. I don't think the Big Ten's very good. You know, so I thought Indiana could make some noise. And I'm, now I'm looking at at this uh, schedule, and you know, I they I'm I'm not so sure they couldn't make another kind of strong run. They, this team definitely should be a bowl team, though. I mean, I, I, without a doubt.
0: I, I would like to see that. What? How many games did they win last year?
1: Let's see if I can go back to last year's schedule. Was it one? No, they won more than that. Uh, that of course, they. No one when they played Missouri, no one knew how good Missouri was really going to be. End up being last year, so they played Missouri week four. They lost forty five to twenty eight. They ended up five and seven. Uh, so, and that five and seven included a win over Penn State. Uh, included, uh, but they they just. As good as their offense was, was as bad as their defense is. But now, now their defense is returning. Uh, Of course, this might not be good if their if their defensive guys are terrible. But they got nine stars returning on defense, so you've got to think that defense is going to be improved. They scored thirty eight point four points a game last year. They gave up thirty eight point eight points a game last year.
0: That's right. They did beat Penn State when they had that offensive explosion. Out of, who I assume is their quarterback now. Let's see what his name was. Well, they had
1: the, the... The Truth stopped calling. Did you know that? I don't know what we did to make the... Have you heard from the Truth lately? No, I have not. So Come
0: on, Truth. I mean, we're now broadcasting Evansville.
1: But they have, they have... they that We are. We have Trey... They have Trey Robertson, Nate Sutterfeld. They they easily have the best quarterback situation out of the three schools. So if you're comparing Indiana, UK, and Louisville's quarterback situation, from the just the quarterback standpoint, not the guy who's calling the plays... From the experience... They've got the the they, you got the, the lock on the quarterback position out of three schools, and they uh they they got a chance to to make some noise now. that Ohio State's going to be you know maybe not as good. They obviously got a really hard game against Michigan State, but their their schedule is definitely not one that they couldn't they couldn't get to at least a six win mark, maybe even seven or eight.
0: To text or text in and, and notify me of a, a correction that I should notate. Effective in March of 2014, okay. The Chicago Cubs actually have the 23rd highest payroll in the in Major League Baseball. Okay. So I was giving them a little too much credit on how much money they drop on their team.
1: Yeah, they're not a. It's not there. I mean, they just really kind of. Don't put that money out there onto their team because, you know, get, people are going to show up. Show up. I, I think their attendance is actually a little bit down this year too. So maybe there are some Chicago Cubs fans that are getting a little uh, upset and they're not and they're not showing up to the games. But we have a caller. We, Kelly, I'm, I've we, lost you. There you are. No,
0: we, we do. Right. We, we've got our man Brian the Insider on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln
1: Buzzline with Brian us. Brian the Insider. Talk, you, we had a little big race uh, this weekend. Hey, good morning, Kelly and Mike. How are you guys doing this morning? I'm good. Good, Brian. Good to hear from you.
3: Hey, good to hear. Good listening to the show this morning. I just wanted to do my due diligence as Brian Insider Horse Racing guy. Uh, we had the mid Midsummer Derby at Saratoga yesterday. And a great uh, race it was. Uh, yeah, what a great addition it was. Uh, uh, Jim Jerkin's... Uh, uh, got the exacta, and it wasn't the exacta people thought, and it wasn't the exacta I thought. I, I had bet Wicked Strong to win, and he got caught at the wire by his stablemate, D.E. Day, who has now won four races in a row, and was very impressive out of English Channel. Very impressive, uh, late run, which really, uh, really puts this whole three-year-old, uh, campaign into a very curious, uh, position uh i don't know if you guys saw but tonight over at uh uh at delmar they're going to run the pacific classic and um shared belief you might remember shared belief uh undefeated horse uh black horse kind of reminds me of his grandsire, uh Seattle flu he uh he is gonna um he's gonna try to stay undefeated he's running against game on dude and uh there's a total of 11 entered in the pacific classic and it'll be the first time uh, and these three year olds are going against uh, older horses. Um, the other big news on the three year old front was that uh, they finally had a destination for California Chrome. They have decided that, that, you know, that they love the Los Alamitos. So Los Alamitos wrote uh, a, a race for them to keep them for a prep for the Breeders Cup Classic out on the West Coast. And Santa Anita had a prep for them there. But he is that those connections, very uh, infamous connections, have decided that fly into to Pennsylvania for the $1 million Pennsylvania Derby. So, um, you know, a lot of people believe that tonight's shared belief uh, really might be the class of the three-year-old division. He got hurt and missed the Kentucky Derby, but uh, it's getting heated back up, fellas. Uh, we're getting excited about uh, horse racing again as we uh, move towards uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic.
1: And we're only a couple of days from having uh, racing again at Churchill. I mean, we're, what about, a, are we a week and a half? Yeah. Away That's from us, right
3: Mike. Uh, you're right.
1: Yeah. yeah,
3: and then we've got Kentucky Downs, uh, which surprisingly, and you win a lot of bets on this, is the richest rich horse racing track in Kentucky. I mean, they're, uh, Churchill is going to going to add Churchill is going to pay out. I think nine hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, just short of a million dollars, for all of their September racing. Which, in fairness, is only Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for four weeks. Kentucky Downs. He's going to put out, I think it's like a million and a
1: half in one day. That's where my horse is right now. He's Maybe. not coming back to the Churchill for September. He's staying at Kentucky Downs, I mean, just mainly for that reason. I mean, so we can pay bills. So Yeah, a lot of money going on at Kentucky Downs. And then the other side of that, too, that people, uh, don't, that all, inspired. people don't realize it's cheaper to, to stable a horse. It's cheaper to stable a horse there, too. So it's a, it's a... Okay. You save on the expense side as much oh, yeah. as you do on the on on, on the purse. So, what?
3: yeah, one problem with it is you know being a European style turf uh, track. You know, obviously, dirt horses and uh, some, some some horsemen really don't care much for that. You know, uh, actual layout there, but boy, with the money there, you sure want to give it a shot.
1: Let's uh, talk about probably the worst performance of yesterday, though. What happened to Barron?
3: Well, he, he did exactly what everybody thought all along. I don't blame Baffert for putting him in there with his speed figures from the last two races, but, you know, he is a sprinter, and he finished dead last in the Travers. He set the early pace, a hot pace, and just uh, petered out. Uh, you know, they, I was listening to the race before it went off, and, and they were comparing the size of Bayern to uh, commanding curve. I guess they were next to each other in the paddock, and it said it looked like a thoroughbred next to a, a quarter horse set. Uh, very small horse, and uh, got out on the lead. And he just, backward speculated this morning that it just maybe the uh, prior race had just taken too much
1: out of him. So will we see him at the Breeders' Cup? Do you think they do they put him in a race like the Sprint?
3: Oh yeah, oh, yeah, they'll put him in uh, something maybe no no more than a mile. Okay, uh, he, he's at tops a miler. Okay,
1: so the distaff or something around there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be a he, great. He's Breeders a very Cup. fast horse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's gonna be a great breeder's cup. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Though.
3: Yeah, so you're gonna get out to the. you gonna get out there, Mike, for uh, any racing in September with Churchill.
1: Uh, I'm sure I will. I don't, I don't have any like set plans to do it. You know, football season takes a little bit, makes that a little bit tougher. Um, but I'm sure I'll get out there at some point and, and get out there. and, You know, move my office out there maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, they've got uh, the
3: first weekend. They've got their only two winning year-in races for the Breeders' Cup, a couple two-year-olds, one for Phillies and one for Colts. Uh, that first weekend, you can uh, get all expenses paid to the uh, uh, the juvenile races at the Breeders' Cup, so that'll be exciting. And then I've got a uh, $175,000 classic race out there for older horses going, a, I think probably a mile and then an eighth, so... Mm-hmm. Um, Still challenged by the uh, you know the casino, lack of casino money, and uh, boy, I tell you what, uh, it would sure be nice if the legislator g- got some stuff done and, and allowed the Kentucky tracks to compete with these other tracks.
1: Well, and they just don't really understand what's what it's going to start, and well, it's already started, but what it does to our breeding industry, and how much it's going to really, we're going to start seeing breeding breeding operations move and, and go different places. So uh, it's a, it's oh, much right. bigger than well, just the race.
3: Yeah, you're 100% correct, and that's, and that's the real problem that a lot of people don't understand, that it's going to impact it's just not the, uh, you know, a lot of people think, ooh, a lot of people, you know, in the public, because trickle Downs is a corporation, they, uh, you know, it's an easy target to dislike, but uh, it is going to trickle down all across the state and uh, into a lot of different areas.
1: Absolutely. All right, Bramo, I appreciate you calling in.
3: Hey, great, great show, guys. I'll hang up and listen to it. Have a great day.
0: Always good to hear from Brian, the insider. No question about it. Always some news on the horse racing front to report. Brian, the insider, and Mike, you're
1: a horse race horse race. Uh, I'm casual with it, man. I'm not horse a,
0: racing I, fan. You're an owner.
1: Yeah, but that's that's really for the perks. I mean, it's it's just to me that makes it so much more fun, and, and uh, you know, it's it's. I like the fact that horse racing can be a professional sport, which an average guy can participate in. You know, an average person can go in there and and participate in in, in in horses. And when I when are you really
0: an average person though? Absolutely. You you, you start on house hunters. Come <laughs> well, on
1: now, I'll tell you the. Uh, I mean, the amount of money that I have in that horse is so small that like if he, if if they cut the wrong hair, I lose my share of the horse. So really? It yeah, it doesn't. It's it's not like, you know, you pull a bunch of money together and you know get a lot of people involved. and It just makes a lot of fun. So it's it it's a blast though going out there and seeing you know race a horse that you have a, a stake in and especially when you get that picture in the winter circle there's nothing better.
0: Oh, you're you're right about that. I've yeah. actually been fortunate to be able to go out and stand in winter circle a couple times and just go to the track specifically to watch a horse that you have ownership in and then and then it wins is it's one famous. of the more exciting things you can ever experience. Absolutely. So,
1: for all our listeners out there, own a horse. Absolutely. Live it up. Go hang out in Winter Circle. Yeah, I mean it's 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 fun. It's a lot of fun. Don't get too heavily involved though, where you have to start writing a whole bunch of checks. That's what you want to do. No, that's easy to do. It's really easy to do. Two three thousand dollars a month for stabling fees. Yeah, we don't do anything like that. So it's like we, um, uh, the way we set up, we put all our money up in the front end, and the horse, if he, you know, the horse usually usually pay for them, pay for themselves. So luckily.
0: Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. Myself, Kelly Patrick, alongside my man, Mike Gandolfo, coming at you from 10 until noon. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Get into a fender bender or you have any type of medical malpractice questions. Give Brandon Lawrence a call once again, 502 502- Five eight seven zero zero four one. Here on the Weekend Sports Buzz, we talk about local sports. We also talk about sports on the national level. And we talk about everything. We talk about
1: anything that has to do with sports.
0: Absolutely. Even if it's not sports, we we're just talking about my morning jackets.
1: Talking mean, about things that guys like. Oh, we, and I'm sure girls like it too. Yeah, but,
0: especially you know. when we have Ashley Miller on, which she will be back
1: on next Sunday.
0: We get, we get to talk about a lot of stuff. A lot of creative freedom and flexibility offered through the weekend sports. Class. Stories out uh, uh, right now in the world of sports involve the NFL. Teddy Bridgewater threw two touchdowns last night. Oh, All right, Teddy. Um, the deal sending Kevin Love from the Minnesota Timberwolves. To the Cleveland
1: Cavaliers is officially complete. Got any thoughts on that? I'm not a fan of that trade. To be honest with you, I just. What do you uh, mean by that? I well, I feel like Cleveland uh, made a mistake by giving up Wiggins, and I just. Uh, you would rather have Wiggins, well, than let, let's. I would rather have the potential upside for what Wiggins could be compared to what I think Kevin Love is what he's going to be, and he's there, and that's you know, which is a defensive liability, which is a real defensive liability, and I just really. When when that whole thing happened, the the whole thought of James and Wiggins being Jordan and Pippin was right there in my head, and I think it was going to happen. And I and as much as I think LeBron would benefit from Wiggins, I feel the same would have happened. Wiggins benefiting from LeBron because if you if you remember even that in that stamp in that comparison, Pippin did not have the same personality as Jordan did and Wiggins doesn't have that same personality either. He's he needs to he needs to be more the Pippen. But he could have been the Pippen, but now I'm afraid he's going to be put into a situation where he's expected to be the man and I don't know if he's quite ready for that. I think he's I think the move to Minnesota's got a it, it it creates a bigger chance for him to be a bust than if he would have stayed at Cleveland where I think he would have realized his full potential and and eventually been an, an NBA Hall of Famer. Wow. At the very least, alongside LeBron, with the
0: undoubtedly ridiculous level of athleticism that Wiggins brings to the table, he could have been a defensive stopper. With a great point guard. With Kyrie Irving. But
1: the Cavs... And Anthony Bennett. Maybe he he turns out to still be something. Absolutely. And I think they had enough at that four spot to kind of get things going. But the, what the Cavs don't have is that shooter. And they decided that Kevin Love was that shooter that they wanted to go after, and I think they probably spent too much for him. Instead, don't they of, have Ray Allen and Mike Miller? They they do now, yeah. And then they does that yeah. suffice? Probably not, because it's not guys that you can play heavy heavy minutes. Miller probably can play more minutes right now than Ray Allen can. The um, I guess the thing about that too is that that's a high cost to pay for someone who's going to be available who would who would have been available next year anyway. And if you could have maybe even gotten him, nabbed him right before the All Star break, and uh, paid and paid less, so it's like uh, to me, they got a little impatient. Um, they they're getting nervous, like they want to win in Cleveland now instead of potentially waiting a little bit to, to formulate more of a dynasty.
0: Ashley Miller has compared on numerous occasions Kevin Love and the ridiculous numbers he's put up in Minnesota to. The era of Chris Bosh in Toronto putting up ridiculous numbers. There you go. And then you could argue that coming to Miami,
1: it's been somewhat of a flop. I, I would agree. I mean, Is I don't, Kevin I don't Love in that much. same mold? I think Kevin Love's probably better than Bosh, but I don't think it's like, uh, I, I mean, I can see the comparison. Basically, he's in a spot in Minnesota where someone's going to have to score. And it was just happened to be him. You know, Certainly
0: I, wasn't Ricky Rubio. Right. The I mean, worst shooter, and my brother in law Peter constantly reminds me, Ricky Rubio is the worst shooter statistically
1: in the history of the NBA. Really? And he's their point guard. <laughs> and uh, you know, I just feel like I, I feel like the Cavs made a mistake. But you know, Cleveland is so hungry for a championship. What in any sport in any of the three sports. And I think they're just getting a little over-anxious about it. They got a chance to, to really get one in basketball, and they could put together a dynasty where they would be good for a very, very, very long time. That Wiggins-James combo would have gone down, I think, as one of the greatest combinations in NBA history. But Wow. So you're that high on Wiggins. You probably have seen Wiggins
0: play. I am, if he even doesn't. in person, probably even more oh, yeah. so than than I have.
1: So I've seen him in person several times. And I am, if he doesn't have to be, if he doesn't have to shoulder that full load right off the bat, you know. I'm not saying he couldn't be the guy to shoulder that full load. Maybe five years down the road, he's just not ready to do it right now. Okay, so, but he'd be a great Pippin to a Jordan. I mean, it, he it would have been so similar. It would have been scary. Gorgie Jing gets to hang around
0: in Minnesota. Will, will his numbers substantially jump? He's going to be competing for time with Anthony Bennett, um, the other center that they had last year. His name's slipping me right now.
1: Uh, Where Did uh, did Thaddeus Young end up going to Minnesota too, right? Is that
0: correct? Sounds right. I read an article that made it sound like Minnesota's really coming out well in this. Yeah, I mean, it's all relative. You lost one an MVP candidate.
1: Right. I mean, I think... Uh, I think Thaddeus Young is really the kind of the guy in here that's maybe the the guy that's not really being talked about that could really kinda of come out and shine and, uh let's see, Minnesota got Wiggins, Bennett, and Thaddeus Young. So um uh, I really like the way Thaddeus Young plays. Uh I think he could be just a solid NBA starter for a long time. Uh but again, what did Minnesota get from the perimeter standpoint? You know, I just uh I don't know. Ricky Rubio, in his statistics, are not,
0: you know, as far as perimeter scoring. Yes. He shoots, I think, 33% from the field. And I don't know if you can maybe you consider that to be good. But, no, he's
1: the worst shooter in the history of the NBA, and he's their point guard. So here's Thaddeus Young, a small forward. He's going to be able to play right away. He's going to get a lot of the shots that that Kevin Love took last year. Averaged 18 points a game last year for a terrible Philadelphia team. Uh, You know, averages over two steals a game uh 18.6 rebounds. That's a that's a pretty two steals. That's a pretty good 18.6 rebounds. What? 18.6 rebounds, two 18 steals.
0: 18 points and 6 rebounds. Okay, yeah, wow. So maybe Minnesota's really coming out on top in this whole situation. I mean, they're going to be Did not they uh, get Al Jefferson when they traded away Kevin Garnett previously?
1: Man, you're you're asking me questions I don't I, don't I I'm pretty
0: sure that's what happened. Is Al Jefferson went from Minnesota to the Celtics? I'm sorry. From the Celtics to Minnesota, he turned out to be good. They didn't come out on top in the deal. They would have been much better off keeping Kevin Garnett. But they're trying. To, that's only what time. To do. Will,
1: only time will tell what happens with the, the Timberwolves. They're trying to get back to those Kevin Garnett. that Kevin Garnett feeling because that place was buzzing when Kevin Garnett was there. That was a that was a loud place to play. The fans were into it. Flip Saunders. You know, they just they got to figure out. How to get back there.
0: What about this um, Coach K-led Team USA? Are you following that at
1: all? Very, very loosely. So, uh, I mean, uh, Coach K does a great job with the international play. Uh, I just, I've, it's I've been too busy to really kind of tune into it, though. I mean, uh, um, I know that they're doing well, So, and they're winning by big margins, and, and this could have been a tough uh, tough tournament for them. Derek Rose had a, a big game. Recently? Yep.
0: He also came out, but I think he then came back. Let's see. This is from Yeah, yesterday.
1: Damian Lillard cut. Man. And they're they're keeping let's see. That's a little bit of a surprise to me. They're keeping Kyrie uh on the on the roster. Kyle Corver's on the roster. Kyle Corver. Is that strange? Well, I mean he's the token. So there you go.
0: Token white guy. <laughs> he can shoot if he's wide open. But how long has it been since he's really been?
1: Well, he averaged twelve points last. No, year. No, Kyle Corver got cut. Oh, he got cut. Yeah, right. he got cut. So, look at the look at the uh, they they went very guard heavy with the roster. But no, they've also got Andre Drummond. They have Andre Drummond, but they also have Kenneth Reed from Moorhead State. I like Anthony that. Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, and uh, I'm sure you 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 could see Davis and Cousins playing together. Uh, Mason Plumlee in there as well. Rudy Gay. Uh, and then the, the the guards are Curry, Rose, and Irving, and then Clay Tom Clay Thompson, uh, DeRozan, and James Harden. So they got some guys there. that can really they can put the ball in the basket, um, you know. But obviously missing a lot of the major star power. No LeBron, no no Durant, nobody like that.
0: Coming off the heels of that horrible Paul George injury, you have to wonder what type of impact that'll have on future years of this team. Well, I think it's going to change
1: contracts. That's what's going to be interesting to me. Kevin Durant backed out right afterward, yeah, didn't he? Right. Yeah, and that just, you know, especially when it's a FIBA thing, it's not a, it's not an Olympic year. I think you're going to see guys get their one Olympic medal, and then they're out of there. They're not going to continue to do it. So it's on their resume? Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to a break, um, first break of the hour, and we'll be right back on the Brand J. Lawrence Weekend Sports Buzz.
0: Welcome back to the weekend sports. Was well, Kelly Patrick alongside Mike Gandolfo, brought in by Tyrone of My Morning Jacket and Erica Badu singing backup vocals.
1: I love for the uh, CNX graduate. I love that Erica Badu album though. That whole album was pretty freaking her fun. solo album. Yeah, it was it was good. Is that I
0: mean, her first solo album, maybe.
1: it probably well. I mean, it was her definitely her like her breakout album. I don't uh-huh. you know. So it was uh, it was amazing. That's back when too. You know, we had like Faith Hill. Uh, not Faith Hill, but uh, Lauren Hill. Faith Hill's the country thing. Lauren Hill, and you had Wyclef and the Fugees and all that kind of stuff. And that was it was a good era of of music. So, especially if you like more of that urban kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, my morning jacket, Saint Xavier High School. There you go. So, uh, twenty five years ago, Pete Rose signed the signed his his life away, I guess and was officially banned from Major League Baseball.
0: Pete Rose No, Pete uh, Rose.
1: Pete Rose, okay, I'm sorry. Who was so, the commissioner? Was it was that a uh, was that Giamatti? Let me see. I got to remember who it was. I'll bring it up here. All right. Let's see. But yeah, so it's been 25 years since Pete Rose has uh been in baseball and uh and now the Reds having the uh the All-Star next year, Pete Rose will be a part of it. We got a new commissioner coming in. Could things be changing for Pete Rose? Are we going to see him in the uh, in the Hall of Fame here pretty soon? Fay Vincent. Fay Vincent. That's what it was. Yeah. Um,
0: I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, we, we it, certainly the steroid era has changed a lot regarding the way people feel about the
1: Hall of Fame. In my eyes. I mean, I would agree. I mean, I, well, first off, a lot of those those. Guys aren't in the Hall of Fame. The steroid guys, Mike—they're my- not, but they're not eliminated from the possibility of ever being in. Exactly, and that's my argument. And I know that Pete broke a rule that was stated on the locker room door, and it, it told you what the consequence was if you broke the rule. Yeah, I still will contend that Pete did nothing to—he did nothing where like he was throwing games where the Reds were going to lose. You know, the spirit of that rule was going back to the Black Sox and the, and throwing games and and negatively affecting the outcome of the game. You don't think Pete, Pete the 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 ultimate competitor, Pete Rose, you don't think that he would purposely lose? He never bet against the Reds.
0: I would be shocked. There's no way. There's no way. Charlie Hustle, the guy who took someone out in the All-Star game, was
1: going to purposely lose. Right. Ever. He's so arrogant in some ways. So competitive, competitive, like Michael Jordan or anyone like that. That he's betting on himself. Every time that he can that he can bet on himself, and so for me the, the spirit of that rule and the way that Pete broke the rule, and this is actually going to get into another discussion here in a second that we can do in, in the fall, the last segment that kind of came up yesterday in baseball also that ties into football, but the spirit of the rule Pete did not throw games, okay he did nothing to change the outcome of ball games. Except to give him a greater stake to go out there and perform even at a higher level, which I don't as have a, a player
0: and a manager, which I don't have a problem with. No, if you want to bet money on your performance,
1: Floyd Mayweather does it. Absolutely, these steroid guys changed outcomes of ball games, and that's my that's and they to me had a much better bigger effect on the purity of the game than what Pete Rose did.
0: Had Pete Rose came out to Faye Vincent and admitted to it because he denied it for.
1: The the longest time. Yeah, I think if he would have... Would
0: that have changed the course of history as far as Pete going into the Hall of Fame? And does his entrance into the Hall of Fame, what does that really even represent? He's the all-time hit leader. We know who Pete Rose is. Right. Is it going to be very anticlimactic when he does get in?
1: I I think, you know what, it it very well could be kind of anticlimactic. But I think it's going to happen. And I think it would have happened five years ago. If he would have apologized then, but he still didn't apologize. He admits it, but he stubborn won't, guy. He won't apologize. So with the changes going on, with the new commissioner coming in, you know, with, so Rob Manfred's coming in as as the next commissioner. We're going to see Rose back on a major league stage for uh, the All Star Game next year in Cincinnati. It's going to be. Um, It'll be very interesting to see what happens. It still might take another five years, but I think it's going to happen where Pete Rose is put into the Hall of Fame. But maybe they say, "Hey, we can't go back on this."
0: And and that's turning into my stance on it: is how much does it matter? Yeah. How many of the guys in the Hall of Fame can you name, other than the recent entrance, Frank Thomas? I mean, I could. We we always know guys like Babe Ruth's in it, right? I mean, we know the guys in it for the most part. But what I'm saying is. Does a snub matter? Is is anybody suggesting Pete Rose wasn't significant in the history of the sport? He played like 22 seasons. He was known for hustling, playing any position out there pretty much, and getting a bunch of base hits. I think it matters to Pete, though. I mean, I think it I'm does. I'm sure it
1: does. And I think it matters to Cincinnati Reds fans. I it
0: mean, doesn't matter to him enough. Yeah, it matters to Reds fans. You know, I so feel like they're being so, I mean, it's, unfairly it's, blackballed. He won't apologize for it. I can kind of see where he wouldn't. Why should you not
1: be able to bet on yourself? Right. I mean, I, I get that. I mean, but it was on the door, of, and it's in the posted in every locker room of every stadium. It's like, it's like if you, you go out, Mike, and we leave the studio
0: today, and you see a red light, a red arrow, but there's no one around, and you just go, I've looked left, I've looked right, I'm going to run this red arrow.
1: But it's the same. So let's, let's take this actually to a, stay in the Pete Rose world. The Reds can't officially retire number fourteen. Okay, the re- number fourteen's not is not retired by the Cincinnati Reds. Has anyone wore, worn fourteen for the Reds since then? I don't think so. I don't think so. I can't think of anyone that's worn fourteen, but it did, it's it's. It's, it's more than the Hall of Fame. It's allowing Cincinnati to celebrate him even more and allowing him to be a bigger part of that organization. And help. I'll tell you right now, Pete Rose gets uh, back into baseball as a Reds fan, and Brian, and Brian Price doesn't work out. Would you want Pete Rose back there as the manager?
0: He's 73. We saw who was the guy that we had who's 80. Uh... Jack McKeon? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. We got rid of him, and then he, I think he went on and won a World Series. Right. <laughs> um, at the age of, like, 83. So 73, plenty of years left would to, you to, want to potentially Rose? be a manager. Sure, I'll take Pete Rose over Brian Price, who never even played in the
1: Major League. Sure. Absolutely. No, I mean, is that even a question? Uh, that would be. He managed the Reds. So to me, it's it's much bigger than just getting in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Much bigger. The only guy who's won, who's worn fourteen for the Reds was Pete Rose Junior. when he played eleven games in nineteen ninety. And then got busted for steroids. So, there you go. Pete Rose get needs his due diligence at least in Cincinnati. Maybe maybe that's the, maybe you let him back in baseball, but you say you're never going to get into the Hall of Fame, and you let Cincinnati at least celebrate him.
0: You bring up an interesting point. Is is Brian Price on the hot seat? Should he be?
1: No. But he's also. I'm not very impressed with him. Are you? You know, it's it. I didn't want to impress with the hire in the front end. The guy that I thought the Reds should have gone after, and no doubt about it, it, would have been the first call I would have made. Uh, well, I'm sure they called Larusa first. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> but,
0: if you were going to say Larusa, I was going to say, well, duh. I mean, right, I think,
1: Yeah, we. Everybody who wants to win would take Tony Larusa. Right. I think the guy that they really should have gone after was Rick Sweet, the old manager of the Bats, yep. who won championships with the guys on this roster. So the guys on this roster are comfortable with him. He put together a winning product in Louisville no matter what he had, and he's the guy to me that deserved the chance to go into Cincinnati and be the manager of the Reds. And this was an experiment on a in a year for the Reds that where it was kind of pivotal, and if you're going to get rid of Dusty, you need to upgrade because uh, I think Cincinnati had enough ability and talent there to make a playoff run. Maybe not a World Series team, but I think they could have been, you know, you get there, you never know what's going to happen. And I think the 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 hire was way too big of a risk. You're going to have to give him probably at least another season, though. If you brought him in. They're going so, to they make some off-season moves, bring in a left fielder. they got to bring in a left fielder, hopefully with a right
0: We've right been saying bat. that for
1: years. Yes. We've been
0: saying that since the—
1: The I big mean, donkey's gone. Yeah. You know, we haven't had a left fielder produce. Would you him.
0: take Adam Dunn back?
1: No. Absolutely not.
0: I mean, not at his price tag, but all no. things—
1: well, his price tag wouldn't be what it is anyway. I mean, it, it wouldn't,
0: but I mean, he we, it would probably involve the the White Sox are paying
1: him. Yeah, so I I would not take him back. No, no, no. His he's such a liability in the outfield. Have you ever heard the Adam Dunn prank call
0: that he made to Marty Brenneman on the banana boat? I
1: think I have, but it's been a long time. Yeah,
0: it's funny. It makes me lo- to, makes me really like Adam Dunn. We might have to pull that. up. It was raining, and they did the banana boat calls like they do. And Adam Dunn called in and just purposely tried to sound like as big of an idiot as he could. And he started suggesting that some guy who the listeners hadn't heard of, but Marty, being a, the Reds commentator, knew some double A first baseman or something like that. And Adam Dunn, using his disguised voice, said, Y'all should go ahead and promote Joe Smith or whoever it was, some bum from like the double A. The Dayton Dragons. Something like that, yeah. Chattanooga, we got. Something along those lines, yes. Single or double A, or the rookie league ball, maybe. (laughs) And he said, yeah, and Marty just flipped out on this caller. And it was Adam Dunn. (laughs) That made me really like Adam Dunn, but you wouldn't take him back because... uh, The reason I asked the question is, what the Reds lack is on-base percentage. is getting on the base and producing runs. And say what you want about Adam Dunn, he makes great prank phone calls... (laughs) And he gets on base, and he he, somehow he
1: contributes to scoring runs. But that was on the table before the All Star break. Was bringing back Adam Dunn. That was on the table for the Reds bringing back Adam Dunn. I just don't. I think you want to remove yourself from that old clubhouse. He strikes out way too much. If he walks and gets on base, it's it's kind of a moot point. It's not like this guy's got amazing wheels or anything like that. And then he is such a liability in the outfield. It gave Griffey a bad name. He was such a liability. Let him play first. Joey Votto's career appears to be over. No, I think he's done for this year. But
0: we said that last year. Joey Votto is, has a problematic Canadian who has all <laughs> sorts of issues. He's a nice guy. I like him. You had to throw the Canadian thing out there? Yeah, I'm just describing him. Okay. He's an interesting guy. I'll yeah, tell you he right took now, time af- off for some social anxiety last year,
1: or a couple years ago, didn't he? Yep, two years ago. The thing that upset me was when they were going with the Brandon Phillips things last year. If it came down to choosing, if we're going to keep Brandon Phillips or Joe Votto, I'm keeping Brandon Phillips all day long. Really,
0: I, I, I would, I would disagree. Why? Because Brandon Phillips is already on the backside of his career, and you just said Votto is too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but he shouldn't be. I was I was partially joking
1: <laughs> uh, yeah there you go let's look at their age I'm talking about if I need a hit when right the now game, when right the game now yeah I'll take Brandon Phillips all right Brandon Phillips is 33 yes he's older than I t- I think he just turned 33 by the way too did he not have a birthday recently and vado is 30 let's see you said Phillips just turned 33
0: June 28th wow same birthday as my dad there you go June 28th he turned
1: 33 there you go. If your dad's only thirty three years old. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, I just I would have I would have kept Phillips. But anyway, I want to get to this other point real quick about. Please, baseball. did you please see do. that last night? We had a game finish under protest. I did not see it. So Tampa Bay. Uh, trying to figure out real quick who Tampa Bay playing. Of course, I'm really prepared right here to you know to talk about this. But Tampa Bay was had a play uh, a pickoff move was uh, the Tampa Bay had the run on first. And it's against the Blue Jays. Blue Jays make a pickoff move. The guy was called safe, and then they decided to review it. But I guess there's some kind of thing in the review that says you can't review it. Like maybe after the pitcher's back on the mound or something like that, he was back on the mound. They let allowed the review to happen, and they called him out. So they went and went ahead and they protested the game, and they ended up losing an in extra innings in ten innings. Uh, so the Rays protested the uh, the that the Call never should have been able to be reviewed. So this is a case of instant replay, right? And this is what I'm going to get at with instant replay. Used correctly, in saying that it's a success. No, because well, yes, but they used it. They used instant replay incorrectly. They broke the rule on using instant replay. Instant replay to me opens up a whole can of worms. When you just talked about Pete Rose and the spirit of the law, did you notice, like in the NFL before we had instant replay? There was none of these arguments of what constitutes a catch and a catch is this and all that kind of and like the like breaking down a rule to the nth degree to the point where it's like you can't even trust your eyeballs anymore. If it looks like a catch, it is a catch. It's not a catch. Mm-hmm. And now we have like all these like we try to fit every catch into this perfect little box instead of letting someone just say, yeah, he caught the ball, you know. It, and I'm not talking about the obvious ones where someone short hops the ball and bounces up and he catches it and you know that's an easy play. I'm just talking about from and from everywhere everything from the tuck rule to uh, receivers going out and catching the ball and, and whether or not he had full control and at what point he had full control and all that stuff. we break down these rinse and replay creates this, this this whole thing where we break down these rules so much that it almost takes some of the fun out of the game. I can
0: see where you're coming from at the same time, everyone does have DVR, yes, and we have multiple
1: camera angles. But why are we going to get into this? Like, I don't know. I just the human element almost gets taken away of it to a degree. So you're taking the old school. You'd
0: prefer no, no instant replay in any sport. Let's get rid of it. It's a radical opinion these days. It's
1: a very radical opinion, but you know, very rarely does a a referee make bigger, make more mistakes than the players, right? Yeah. They very might very rarely, it, but but when they do, it's magnified. It's
0: really magnified through social media and everything, and the, and it does happen. It definitely does happen. I mean, but, but you're right. You're right. Statistically, 162 games in 181 days. It's a crazy marathon of a season, and every once in a while, something will happen.
1: Especially when you're considering in basketball and football that you've got middle aged to older guys. That are trying to keep up with some of the best athletes in the world and they don't have subs they're not coming out of the game, yeah, and they're moving up and down the floor i mean it's not like uh you know it's it's not like they it's not like they're not they're just staying stationary they're they're moving quite a bit so it's 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 impressive to me to see them how hard they work but then I just don't like the the micro breaking the micro nitpicking that happens with all these rules that instant replay causes. It causes for us to get rid of any kind of gray area. Yeah, it does, but you could
0: argue, and I'm not, I don't have a real strong opinion. If my Reds miss the the playoffs based on a, a bad call or a blown opportunity by the ref, I will not be happy about it.
1: Well, I agree, but you also probably, you know, like, for example, in the game the other night, they strand Billy Hamilton on third. You know <laughs> that to me is a much bigger error. Uh-huh. You know, not being able, if you can't get the fastest man in Major League Baseball in from third base, your team has issues. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you can always weigh that against. Uh, unfortunately, like you said, it's magnified once a referee. So, so. We've got about five minutes, four or five minutes left in the show. Football mm-hmm. next weekend. Are you just so pumped and so excited? We're going to be talking football next weekend. So much it's not even funny.
0: Yeah. Uh, the show leading up to, you know, we have, we're going k- to have 10 till noon. We yeah. have the kickoff at 1 o'clock for NFL. But We've NFL's the, the not the next, next weekend. Oh, okay, but but in future, soon to be future weeks. But we'll, we'll be looking forward to the game that'll be
1: after next Sunday. Yeah. Monday. Miami and L. So we're going to have the breakdown of all the action from Saturday and, and Thursday. And then we're going to be previewing that Miami UFL matchup next week. It's going to be fun. I mean, it's going to be a ton of fun.
0: No question about it. I like the new format. We were talking in the break, Mike, about this time slot in the local radio
1: market. We're really beefing up this lineup. I agree. I agree. And we're going to have we're going to have a lot of fun. But we want you all to join in the conversation. We want you all to be a part of it. This is, uh, you know, we want we want to say some crazy things, and we want you to call us out on. We want to have those discussions. So. Make sure that you're calling in, you're participating, you can tweet us. Kelly, what's your Twitter? At the Kelpatrick. At the Kel Patrick. At the Kel Patrick, and I'm at Derby BB Classic. And uh, we're just gonna have a ton of fun. I mean it's it's gonna be great. I'm sure Ash's got Twitter too but I don't know what it is off the top of my head. So I, I do. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna have three people in here that are passionate about sports, passionate about this area, passionate about uh, their individual whether it's UK, U of L, IU mm-hmm. And, uh, or, or where'd Ashley go? Bria? Is that where she went? She did. All right, Second so all
0: time winning rebounder at
1: Bria. At Bria, yeah. So, we you know, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: At Ashley KY. I'm sorry. At Ashley 4KY 2014.
1: There you go. A little part of her political rant, I, I guess. Yes. So, uh, but, yeah, we want, we want to be involved. So, definitely uh, be a part of the show. We're going to be breaking down Kelly's fantasy football matchup. Every week, and to make sure we're gonna, this show right here is gonna is gonna catapult Kelly to a fantasy football championship. I can feel that right now. We'll take calls so, on on
0: anything. We don't have to talk all fantasy football, but by all means, if you do, if you want to talk about certain decisions or, or roster things, Mike will have an interesting perspective being from an outsider, not playing
1: fantasy football right. this year. Not right now. Still, 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 might happen.
0: You should do
2: it.
1: We'll see. What about – I want to hear about your team, though. we got, like, two minutes. Just tell me, who are you most excited about on your team? Who did you get that you are, like – that you feel the best about? Like, who – first off, who's your quarterback? we got to know you're – Tony Romo. Oh, so, okay, you're done.
0: No, I, he was my first, first guy that I got. Really? I am a big believer in Tony Romo wow. as a fantasy football quarterback. Okay. And I would argue heavily with anyone who's anti-Tony Romo as a fantasy football quarterback.
1: Okay. He is a – Big producer. He just is. All right. And then so what about what what do you got in the backfield? LeVeon Bell okay. of Pittsburgh. All right.
0: Steven Ridley. Let's see here.
1: So I saw Pittsburgh play Philadelphia Thursday night, man. They're they're terrible. I got Trent Richardson, the Colts. Okay. He Bet, could have a big year. He could have a
0: big year. He was put into a very rare situation last year, yeah. having been traded once the season started to right. the Colts. You don't see that too often. Yeah. I read an article in Sports Illustrated a couple months ago about it. That just doesn't happen much where, where midseason someone is traded because you have to pick up on schemes and blocking and all sorts yeah. of different stuff. So Trent Richardson, look for him to have a, a breakout season this year, hopefully helping my team make a run at the championship. It's been a great first week of the new format. Mike Gandolfo, Kelly Patrick, we will welcome Ashley Miller back next week. Be sure to tune in next Sunday from 10 until noon for more of the Weekend Sports Buds.